welcome to the Three Ball Guys Talk Marketing Podcast with Three Ball Guys. Fred Peritsky of FCP Digital, Paul Schindel of Three Bears Communications, and freelance writer Rodney Warner. Thank you for joining us at Three Bald Guys Talk Marketing Podcast with me, Rodney Warner, freelance commercial writer. And Paul Schindel, Three Bears Advertising, Marketing, and Communications, Princeton, New Jersey. Fred Baritsky, FCP Digital, Full Service Digital Marketing Agency, Richborough, Bucks County, and Philadelphia, PA. And our guest for this podcast is Hannon Isaacs, who is the senior partner at... Kingston Law Group, and Hannon mostly does employment and family law. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having me, Rodney. A pleasure to be here with all of you. Yes, and we'll, it'll go better this time. So, <laughs> so, so tell, us about your, uh, tell us about your law firm. I have been practicing in the legal field for 40 years and one month, and I actually started my private practice right here in Princeton on Chambers Street around the corner. And um, so mostly these days, I do employment law, working with workers on issues of employment contracts, handbook issues, enforcement, termination of their agreements, their their, uh, employment through a separation agreement, disciplinary matters, government workers, federal, state, local, nonprofit, for-profit. My partner does much more in the family law area, and I work with her on those cases. She actually helps me on mine. Awesome. So that's just over 40 years ago. Yes, sir. So, so were you a solo practitioner back in the day, or were you with a, with a bigger law firm? Two score years ago, Rodney. <laughs> I set forth um, in Princeton. I was in legal services for a few years before I went into private practice. And I started with um, a group at the time, it was called Brenner, Wallach, and Hill. It's now called Hill Wallach. I don't know why Brenner got written out of the code, but uh, that's a firm that's still existing, and it's a pretty big Mercer County and regional Mm -hmm. firm. Um, So I got my start there, and after not that long, maybe six months, um, one of the senior associates and I decided we wanted to open our own practice, which was such a crazy thing to do, but we did it. We did everything. We did anything. Depended what what we did was whatever you needed coming into the office. And how did you get clients during that time? That's an awesome question. Because you did have clients, didn't you? Bob probably did. <laughs> I had some family people who would periodically show up, or relatives, or friends of friends. But you know, I did the worst thing you could do from the vantage point of marketing. I went to law school in the south. And then came back to the north. So whatever benefit I got out of those contacts disappeared. And I also stayed out of the towns that I grew up in. I was raised in North Jersey, and I moved to Central Jersey. So I got no benefit from anything. I was brand new and looking for work. And um, one thing we figured out pretty quickly was we wanted to advertise. At the time, it was very restrictive. Lawyer advertising could basically be what we call we would call a tombstone ad. You have you know, bullet dots saying what the thing was, and you could even put down a price. That was okay. 
But anything with Madison Avenue techniques, anything that would actually work to get the um, recognition or people actually seeing the ad wherever it was, uh, you couldn't do. So we decided to challenge that law, my young partner and I. And we ended up in six years of litigation with the state Supreme Court. They threatened us. We threatened them. At the end of the day, everybody called it uh, a draw. And the rules were rewritten in a form that they are still today. You can use Madison Avenue techniques, except when it comes to doing radio, I'm sorry, uh, uh, television, and now what I guess we'd say cable also. So there are certain things you still can't do, but you can do way more than you could do back in the late uh, 1970s. It's really come a long way for good or for bad when you see the TV commercials, especially for the personal injury lawyers. They seem to have like no rules. Right. Well, a lot of people get offended by those. And I'm going to say with regard to the New Jersey market, you can blame me because we allowed that. I go on the turnpike. I see billboards of lawyer ads and say, I did that. Some people want to have like, you know, cure world hunger, help people who have illnesses. I brought you billboards of lawyers. Well, you've helped our businesses. <laughs> right. Well, the, you know, the idea is lawyer advertising, the, the court system, and it was actually, it had to be the U.S. Supreme Court that finally said yes or no, or yes with conditions. Their idea is that the public has a right to know. The advertising actually benefits the consumer. It's not for that I do it for myself, although I might have an interest. The, the constitutional protection comes from the communication to somebody who might actually need the service. So they distinguish between a latent need, uh, meaning the people might not even know, and a patent need. They absolutely know. So if I'm advertising, you didn't even know that that field existed or that particular case or whatever, then I've educated you and you might actually come see me. So the idea is that the system had to yield for the benefit of the public, and that's ultimately what the U.S. Supreme Court decided. We see a lot of that right now when, uh, ad when attorneys are advertising related to um, class actions. Were you exposed to XYZ? Call us and we'll represent you. We'll make you part of this class. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I'm actually writing some of that stuff for a client in Pennsylvania. So it all goes around. Whatever comes around goes around. Over the years, what has worked best for you for getting clients as far as marketing is concerned? Another great question. It took me 20 years and about a half million dollars to answer that. But I could say definitively that the single best method for generating business leads is networking. This, to me, was a revelation. It doesn't mean we were wrong to do what we did in focusing. And, of course, once the Internet market hit, say, in the mid-'90s up until the present and going to go on for a long time, my thought was, I'll just focus on that. Well, if we just do a great job putting together an excellent website, then when social media came uh, in full force, if we got things out on Facebook and LinkedIn and even YouTube, uh, that people would see that and be impressed and show up. Problem, there's a lot of firms with a whole lot of more money than I have to spend. 
way more money. And when, so when we talked to the vendors about mm-hmm. the kinds of money we were spending, they'd say, people are spending five to 10 times that per month. And I'm like, I don't have that. So at some point, I figured out I really needed to kind of calm that piece down and start really pushing networking and, and working with individuals, groups. Uh, I always went and did public speaking, you know, teaching uh, legal and legal stuff, uh, continuing education. But now I'm actually going direct to the public and educating people on employment law. And I go around to groups that have their, you could call them job seeker groups, you know. And I went and did a program for Mercer County's uh, PSG group that deals with um, employment issues. So they they meet at the, the Princeton Library. So I went and did a program there. And it got picked up by three or four other ones like that around the Central Jersey area. There's a great group called The Breakfast Club. That's not a club and it doesn't serve breakfast. But they do a lot of similar work with people who are about to be unemployed, are unemployed, or about to get a new job. And they educate them on issues of what you wear, what you say, what your resume should look like, getting much better on LinkedIn. And so every one of these groups has that similar thing. So what I brought to the table was educating workers about their rights. What do you need to know in what I call the real handbook, not the one that's given to you or is on a computer, because a lot of times they're out of date, they were never accurate, they miss new developments in the law. This is a big problem. So people have to know, well, what are my rights? If I'm asked this question that's unlawful or I'm told this benefit doesn't exist here and I think it does, how do we deal with that? Sometimes they need a lawyer, sometimes they don't. When you're giving those presentations to those groups, job seekers, et cetera, are there materials that you leave them, leave with them, handouts, flyers, brochures, things of that sort? You know this is the modern age. So I show up with a slide presentation and I send in advance the materials to the coordinator and say please put this on your website so that when your people need that they can go get it and that's what we do but you don't take advantage of the opportunity to put something in their hands so that when they go home and look over that job application that they just filled out incorrectly that they don't say, oh, wait, Hannon just spoke about this, and I should really ask him a question about this. You know, you should have told me that before I went on my speaking series. <laughs> I give people, whoever comes up and asks about it, I give them a business card, of course, and um, no, I, I didn't. I mean, I know these groups. I know that they rely heavily um, on their websites for information, and they say... If you want this, and you know, the slideshow happens pretty quickly. So anybody who's what I would consider probably a reasonable person and going to be a decent client should be able to put together, let me look up my group's website and get those materials in case I want them, want to call that person. Matter of fact, I did say to one of the folks, let me give you my card. And she said, oh, no, I already know how to find it. It's fine. So, you know, I do a. When I've done presentations, I print out the presentation and I hand it out. I mean, to get an idea of how many people are there, then you print it out and staple it up and just hand it out. And usually in the last slide, I put my uh, contact information. So it's kind of like giving out a card. but yeah. And how often do you do these uh, speaking engagements? It's been about once a month. 
for the past six months. So it's a good way to get the word out. No question it about is. that. Of course, with marketing, it costs money, but networking take, takes time. Well, that's exactly right. And, you know, I have to see how, what it turns into. What's my return on investment? Not just writing out a check, but also the time that I'm putting in. Right. But I, I do get a very strong sense of when I'm there and I'm meeting people, especially as it turns out, no lawyers are going near these groups. Hmm. It doesn't make any sense to me why that would be, but, you know, I'm it. So I show up at other people's presentations and a legal subject comes up and somebody takes a microphone and says, oh, Hannon's back there. Why don't you ask him? <laughs> and I stand up and say, well, here's the answer to that thing. So what, I'm, what I want to become, and, and I think it's working, is the expert on the law for that group of workers or wannabe mm-hmm. workers. So you ever try to network with other attorneys, other professionals who might refer cases to you? You know, my experience is... I mean, other people may see it differently. That's never been a great source for me. It just has not been. I suppose it could work. You know, showing up at the Bar Association once a month, you know, maybe if you get involved in the leadership, you become the bar president, there's probably some of that, you know, kind of rub-off factor. Uh, If you're a person in the vineyards and you just come into the dinner and you have a drink and you slap your buddy on the back like you did 200 times before... I'm probably pretty much not giving him or her that business and they're not giving it to me. It's not like I don't want to or dislike them. It's just when it comes right down to it, if I get a specific question, I fairly much know who I want to refer to. Mm-hmm. I'm doing this a long time. And the same thing with like who's, who's a great expert. You know, What about a psychologist? What about a financial planner? I have to deal with those people all the time. You know, the other piece that I've been doing lately is uh, working with a BNI chapter, um, which I'm now the president of. It's actually the first group that I've decided to take a leadership position in 10 years, because a lot of it is just takes a lot of time. But this is intriguing to me. You know, you sit in a room with a group of people, totally different practices and products and services, and it's almost like being in business with them. Right. I have a realtor. I have a general contractor. I have a mortgage broker. I have a videographer. So if people say to me, like somebody today said, we need a great videographer. So I got one because I use it myself. The first day I went to this group, I said, I could do. They said, what did you get out of this meeting and who do you think you could do business with? And I looked around and said, I could do business with every person in this room. I didn't know them. But I heard them. They all spoke and said, this is what I do. And they're all committed. And, you know, you get up really early when you go to these things and you're committed to doing it every week. Uh, For years, I said, no, not interested. And in the last year, I said, I think I'm going to go back and rethink that. I'm so glad you brought up B&I. I was going to mention that I've been in the chapter for five years in Rich Burrow's secretary treasurer. I've always been on the membership committee. And I was going to recommend that to you. It is really one of the best types of networking groups. It's a true networking group as opposed to business card exchanges, which are not really networking at all. They call them networking. It's not the same thing. I agree with you. It's structured, and I need that. It's very, very helpful for me. I think most of us do. One one of the fellows who um, lectures in, in the BNI circuit talked about exchanging business cards is not networking. And his proof for that, he says, you know, if you take your dog Lucky (laughs) and you stick her in a room with a bunch of people with a saddlebag on the one side, it says, put a card in, and the other one says, take a card out. 
at the end of that time, you could collect lucky. And that's pretty much as much as you got out of doing it yourself. You know, I remember. That's one way that, to get lucky, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not the best Where's way. Where's the snare drum? <laughs> so, so three of us, I don't think, I don't know if you ever there, but there was a, a now defunct um, networking group in Lambertville that the three of us, I know I've, I've seen you guys there. I was there. I was there. And it was, I remember, and it was, it was a great group. It was like a, it was like a monthly dinner party, you know, exactly. and there was a presentation and, and I remember, and, and people kind of came in, there was like regulars and then there were people who kind of came and went. And I remember one woman, she was with a bank and she was literally like, it was like speed dating. She was like literally giving you like a, like a minute. And, and if you didn't meet what she was looking for, she was she was gone, <laughs> and she was and she was off to the next person. You know the the thing about networking groups that that it, it's not it's not a quick fix. It's it's all about developing relationships, and and really helping each other. You're not really I think if you go in with the idea that your primary goal is to help others, that that's that's probably gonna probably going to work better. So what's the motto of BNI? Giver's gain. And giver's gain is such a, a simple a simple motto, but it's really what we all really strive to do in all of our businesses. When you do, and I do a lot of networking, also a lot of different groups. I, I go to business card exchanges only because I'm also a treasurer of the Newtown Business Association, which is a great group. Rodney's part of that. And business card exchanges are a necessary evil. Um, hopefully we can change that, and I don't even try and get business cards anymore because I don't know what I'm going to do with them. You know, I, I remember one member, and and this is kind of you know you got to stand up and you got your thirty seconds for your spiel, and of course he's one of like ten financial planners in in the room, and and he just said you know said I'm I'm a financial planner, but and he just kind of talked about helping other people. He didn't really talk about what he did. All he talked about was. Here, talk to me, let me know what you do, and I'll try to connect you with other people that I know. So it was really, I, I think that that really stands yeah, that, that out. That is a compelling uh, way to do it. And I, I do that now the same way. <clears throat> when I go to another BNI chapter, and I don't really know any of them, maybe I know one, I get the cards or I get a list, and then I send a follow-up. The first time I did it, I sat down and said, tell me what I can do for you. That's what struck me was how this is this is what I do, but tell me how this can work for you. I never said a word about getting something, and uh, within ten minutes, somebody wrote me and said, "I got two legal pieces of business. I want to know if you could help." There you go. And it's you, you know go. it's all about how can I help you. You know that's that's what it should be about. Yeah. yeah. And I remember one of the one of the members, well, in this Lambertville group, he was he was kind of a semi regular was was Rocky Romeo, who is a who does a sales training. And he took a he kind of took a different approach in that his approach to to networking groups is before he went in, he wouldn't talk a lot to people, but his goal was was how many follow-up phone calls that he could get out of the networking group. It wasn't so much and he's he's not one to he doesn't see a lot of value in giving out a lot of information. He wants he wants the phone call. He wants that one-on-one -on -one conversation away from this group where there's noise yeah. and drinking and eating and stuff. So, yeah, I find that 
the magic happens in actually talking with people. It isn't one minute. You know, like in the old days, I would think like speed dating, you go to a chamber meeting, there's 75 people in the room. Can I meet 30 of them? Can I meet 40 of them? What I'm hearing is try to meet five. Meet some people that you can actually connect with and create opportunities outside of that meeting to follow up if that's something that makes sense. I went to one of these job seeker things and met somebody who I just thought was very interesting. Um, and she told me some things. Actually, she was a coach. And then she comes to say, well, that's part of what I do. The other part is I've been working for this pharma company and they're about to let me go. Can you review my agreement? Which I said, of course. So she sends it to me. She came in. And the next thing you know, her really good friend from the same department had the same issues, called and said she wanted to come in. That's, to me, that's what tells me that it works. You know, I, in the days I was relying almost exclusively on the internet, that's how that spoke to me, is I'd get a call from somebody in Missouri what were the chances they were ever going to find my ad right. in the yellow pages or talk to somebody who knew me? So they had to, so, but I knew it was working. And this is what I'm saying is you, you get a sense of, you know, what can be done. Well, everything's connected with, you have to have all the electronic media today. You have to have a website, SEO, um, communication tools of all kinds. But if you don't have a relationship, then the rest of it is sort of meaningless. When I talk to lawyers, and I have quite a few legal clients and CPA firms, I talk about your website has to be credible. Forget about it. We want it to be pretty, but if it's not credible, forget about it. If, you're, if it doesn't say that you're a lawyer, you know, some lawyers don't even want to have a bio. They have to know that you went to law school. They have to know something about you, what associations you belong to. There's a lot of credibility at stake before people write you a check to do something, and what's that relationship? It's not always transactional. There's more to it than that. Yeah. So your years of experience in the networking is what people should do in addition to all the other types of marketing. You're doing the old-time marketing, which is one of the best, is talking to people face-to-face -face. and then having all of the other electronic media behind you to help back up what See, you See, I wish I had talked with you a long time ago because I did not understand that. I thought, I used to tell people, I want to be the lawyer who's like the Electrolux, you know, vacuum salesman. And I don't even know if Electrolux is still in existence, <laughs> but we'll say like Mealy. Something, right. Right? I want like high-end, total uh, uh, product, you know, credibility, tried and true. And if you're that way, people call you. You don't have to go out and knock door to door, right? That's what I wanted. And you know what? You got to do a little door knocking. That's to me. That's what I what I've learned expensively. Well, and it's it's not inexpensive for attorneys, for law firms, CPA firms, and other professional practices to establish a brand above and beyond the individuals who are actually transacting the you know the business of that practice. Yeah. So um, I you know the number of people who can name a law firm are few and far between. That's true. Um, but any number of people can probably name an attorney. Right. Well, that's because, among other reasons, up until a year ago or so in New Jersey, and it's still true in many places, all you could have are the names of the partners. Mm -hmm. New Jersey, about a year or so ago, 
said, all right, you can have trade names as long as they're not like far-fetched. So you could be, you know, tax firm of Metuchen, personal injury firm of Princeton. So we created Kingston Law Group because we're in Kingston. They said you can't be comparative, so you can't call yourself Alpha Law Firm. And there was a group that did that, and they got told to stop. But you can call yourself Alpha Law Firm if your law firm is in Alpha, New Jersey. Yes. <laughs> and there is one. Yeah. So, you know, there's rules, and you can kind of play with them a little bit. Trade names is one piece of it. We, we branded some years ago on something. Um, I saw it on a building in Seattle. Compassionate Counsel tough advocacy it so spoke to me that i took it back with me to the east coast on the theory that they weren't probably located here and how'd that work out for you so far so good (laughs) Uh, but lately i've tried a new tagline with these job seekers it goes something like if you're not ready to sue the bastards at least let me threaten them for you (laughs) people seem to really relate to that that's a good one you know, one of the you know, in addition to the the technology and the internet and the advertising that's changed over the forty years, now I think there's a lot more lawyers. So, so how do you separate yourself from from the pack? Well, it's a great question. For one thing, there's not too many people doing this work longer than me. Forty years is a good dividing point. I've had colleagues who had fifty years, fifty five years. Now they're really pushing it. I don't really think I'm going to be doing that. That's, but isn't that the same theory upon which um, you know Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders are running for president? I've been doing this for 50 years. <laughs> well, that, I'm not saying that's necessarily a, a qualification, but what I'm saying is that the folks who are older than me are retired, right? So now, if you're a person looking for somebody with experience, that's one way. You know, when you're really young, you can talk about I will not stop until you're, you know, I will go to the mat for you. And I'm like, uh, they could do all they want. I know the cases. I know the judges have been doing the work for a really long time. So that, with some people, that gives them credibility. I, I said to a client today, I just did it on purpose. Uh, I, I, he's been a client for a while. And it's get some, some really kind of difficult course is happening right now for him. And I said, well, you know, as a lawyer who's been practicing for 40 years, comma, and I finish it, and he goes, oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) I think it was, I'm impressed by that, but maybe (laughs) it was time for you to go. I don't know. You know, but that's, I don't know how else to say it is, you you use what you have. You know, if, if I've got the... The backing for it, there's nothing wrong with that. I could say I've been around. That's why I say I'm a senior attorney because compared to the other ones, I'm, I'm up there. Well, and that's one of the things that I think translates to a lot of different fields. So, I mean, I've been, I've been at it for uh, over 30 years. And uh, on the one hand, I still have scars from the days when cut and paste actually meant cutting and pasting. But um, because I have always kept up on the technology and the media and have developed expertise in branding and positioning as well as creative executions and production, I can speak to the needs of clients across the board based on all of that experience. And that 
gives me an edge, you know, yeah. with my clients. So, so what do you think? Do you think it, it would be harder to start off now as, let's say, somebody who just recently passed the bar exam? Would it be easier to start off doing your own firm now? Or was it easier 40 years ago? What do you think? I'm very much in touch with younger lawyers because I have some in my practice. And I relate well to people who are starting out and doing their, their practice new. You know, sometimes people go into somebody else's practice to develop. Others start right out uh, with a couple years of training and just hit their, get, you know, open their firm. It was really hard in the 80s because the economy was not great. Interest rates, you know, you get a piece of equipment, 20% interest on that copier. It was a killer. It was, a, a, you know, so the, that was just a hard time. I think that what's made things way easier for people, if they have a mind to go out on their own or be in a small group, technology. I mean, you'd had, we had books, and maybe the books had forms, but you can instantly take something. It takes no time to reformat something into a usable product. That's a tremendous advantage. It just didn't exist back then. Uh, the other thing is, which I think is at least as compelling and important, is having colleagues, right? So in the old days, I'd go to the bar association to sit down with the small firm and sole practitioner section. And we would have what we called the partners meeting, which was kind of a funny way of putting it because we were all like one lawyer, one lawyer, one lawyer. But we got together, we had a dozen people. And what did we do? We traded forms, like mimeographed forms, you know, like from grade school. Now you can get on listserv, for your specialty area and say, I am scared to death. I don't know what to do. I just got a new matter. This happened, that happened. And some lawyer from, you know, 150 miles away can respond to that and say, I'll help you. I will give you this or that. Here's a brief that we've used. Even senior lawyers, you know, one of my employment law groups, we have lawyers who are in trial and they write and they say, help, the judge is about to rule against me on this issue. Does anybody have a legal brief that will help? And Boom, they got a response within 10 minutes. And they say, Judge loved it, ruled the right way. Thank you very much. That's why I belong to this group. That did not exist 40 years ago. That didn't exist 20 years ago. It was all, you know, kind of a current complex of things. And they also have issues where they have young lawyers. They don't have any like old lawyers. They got a lot of young lawyer groups. Because they know they have a particular thing they have to overcome. They have to deal with their perhaps lack of knowledge the way that some other senior person would bring. So that's a very collegial thing. So you're, you're creating professional communities in that way. You know, so it existed back in the day, but it was very much time and distance limited. This is just complete open forum 24-7. You know, when I, was, uh, when I was a paralegal in the early 90s, I remember we had the Wang word processor. Uh, Wang writer. Yeah. I had and one of those. it was like, uh, like 35 attorneys, and everybody had typewriters. And if you had any kind of big document, you had to rely on these two women who were in a specific room and with, with the Wang. <laughs> yes. And it was, I remember, you know, Westlaw and Lexus and these electronic, you know, searches. It was like a monochr monochrome monitor and... Uh, it was, uh, it was definitely, I mean, that's the thing about the legal practice. 
you know, you could do so much greater volume because of technology and hopefully a better quality, but you could definitely do more quantity. Like you said, it's like one document. You just cut and paste and scratch off one name and put in somebody else's and it's... It's remarkable. You know, I started out where Westlaw were just books. It was this collection of uh, some treatises, but mostly uh, decided cases were in the law library. There would be a room of this size or bigger. We're just shelves and shelves and shelves of books. And I heard that there was a way to get at that through uh, computers, and I'm like, who knows when that's going to happen. But it happened, and I have some shelves of books in my office, but they're books that I want and that I want to keep. But for everything else, there's get on the Internet and go find it. The, the downside to it is that a lot of people in the public feel like, well, we can have access too, so we're going to just do it yourself. And sometimes they do it right, and sometimes they really don't, and they don't know what they don't know. So really the internet can be another competitor. It is. And in fact, I was at a program recently that talked about AI, artificial intelligence, mm -hmm. and the law. And I'm not exactly sure what that will be or how that's going to you know, show itself, but that's the next thing. We greatly appreciate your time. Thanks for inviting and me. And we greatly appreciate all of our listeners, especially if they subscribe. That would be great. And don't forget, you can subscribe by going to wherever you get your podcasts from, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, almost any place, Spotify, and look for us on the website at 3 Ball Guys. That's the number 3, 3BallGuysPodcast.com. So thank you once again for listening. Uh, from me, Rodney Warner, a commercial uh, freelance writer, and I can be reached at uh, writerforhire at outlook.com. Or speak with me, Paul Schindel, Three Bears Advertising, Marketing, Communications, Paul at threebears.com, or the website threebears.com. Spell the word out when you look for Three Bears, T-H-R-E-E-B-E-A-R-S. And thanks to Hannah and Isaacs for your insights today. Yes, Hannah, thanks again. Fred Peritsky, FCP Digital, Full Service Digital Marketing Agency, fzpdigital.com. And you can reach me at fred at fcpdigital.com. And what's, what's your contact information? So if so a listener yes. wants to uh, reach out to, yes. uh, to you. So our website is www.kingstonlawfirm.com. K-I-N-G-S-T-O-N law firm, law group, I'm sorry, dot com. Wait, which one Take is two. it again? Kingstonlawgroup.com. Kingstonlawgroup.com. K-I-N-G-S-T-O-N. L-A-W-G-R-O-U-P.com. And... Uh, the phone number is 609-683-7400. All right. Thank you. And until next time. Thank you for joining us at the Three Bald Guys Talk Marketing Podcast. Please join us again next time. And check out our website at three, the number three, baldguyspodcast.com. Until next time. May the good marketing be yours.